Shut up, Jackson. What's up, everybody, and welcome into episode 42 of the We Like the Pain podcast, a show about one of the most fun and exciting teams in the NFL and the Jacksonville Jaguars. (laughs) I'm one of your hosts, Oscar Marcus. And I'm your other host, Sam McFadden. Oscar, welcome in. We got a big one. Yeah, it's number 42. It's our, uh, before we talk about the Jags, it's number 42. We're forgetting a very important player. This is our David Lee pod. All right. Okay. David Lee, who. Okay, let's, let's, let's take it back to the start here. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> it, that champion David Lee, who, by the way, found this out while looking him up just now. One of the better women's tennis players the last couple decade, decades, Caroline Wozniacki. They're married. So there wow. you go. Okay, yeah. never mind. David Lee's glad, doing all right for himself. Glad we're we're keeping that in the episode because that's that's mm-hmm. need to know stuff right there. Mm-hmm. It's also the Jackie Robinson episode. So yeah, that's that's who I was thinking of, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but more importantly, the Jaguars, the Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jackwaggers. I, Oscar, a little background for our fans. Me and Oscar watched this game together, or at least we started watching this game together. And Oscar (laughs) decided to leave halfway through the game to go home. Yep. Everyone knows what happened after that. So I may or may not have sent a, a voice memo to the group chat that we're all in afterwards. Thanking Oscar Barkas for getting the heck out of there. My question to you is, do you want to watch this weekend with me? <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely. I But if it's bad at halftime, if it's if twenty-six it's halftime, at halftime I again. Ask you to get the get the fuck away from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but man, what a what a game. What a game. I don't know if I've ever been so hyped up by a football game. And that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. There have been, fo- been a couple of fo- the seven overtime AM game. I was hyped up. Yeah. I think I was more hyped up at the end of the Jaguars game. Um Dude. I couldn't like, I, good. I couldn't sit still. Second half. It was, it was quite a uh it's quite a sight to see for those that saw it. Um Wyatt and Jackson and Connor got the full got the full view. Um but Oh, it's a good time to be a Jaguars fan. We'll get into it in a little bit. We'll, in, in a little bit more, but yeah. Oh, what a time! Well, <laughs> we're also a show about the Houston Texans, and I was trying to take a shot at Sam, and obviously he has just took the bullet and ran. Didn't even matter I, in the I'm intro. Right in now. the intro, <laughs> by saying one of the most fun and exciting teams in the NFL and the Jaguars, but really the Jags are the fun and exciting team. And the Texans are why this podcast is called. We like the pain. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll get into football stuff later. We've got, we've got our quick questions to start and then some other sports stuff. We want to talk about some NFL updates quick, but like I said, quick questions to start. You want to hit me with yours? Yeah, yeah. 
This is an all-around sports question okay. for you, uh, for you hockey and baseball and basketball fans out there. Okay, Oscar Barkas, rank how bad you would be at all four major sports if you played them professionally. Main four: football, basketball, hockey, baseball. Baseball, yes, sir. And one, one being the one that you're the worst <laughs> at. Four being the one you're the best at. Oh. Everyone listening to this and 99% of the human population would be bad at any of the four. But most people mm-hmm. listening to this know that I would be especially bad at the four. So this is really just a 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D thing here. Uh, I'll put I'll put <laughs> hockey at 1A because uh, I can skate, but... Not anywhere well enough to contribute whatsoever. That is not what I thought you would say. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I'll put. I'll put football at B. <laughs> I would. I would go to the hospital in my first minutes. But there are Dang. some roles that I could be. I could. Can, I could. Hold the the football probably <laughs> on the kicks. Um, yeah, backup quarterback. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, basketball C, baseball D. I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna have a batting average of zero, but you know I could stand out there and look normal-ish. Basketball. <laughs> Basketball, <laughs> no one's throwing me the ball. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, I think as far as me, it'd probably be um, worst hockey by far. Um, hockey by far worst. Um, I can't skate for shit. I'm so bad at it. Last time I skated, I got a skate stuck in my, I guess, I got a skate slice to the shim from my own skate. Wow. Figure that one out. I did not figure that, that one out. Yeah, Through the jeans bad. I was wearing. Um, <laughs> uh, next off would probably be, oh, I think it would probably be football too. I think basketball is second best and baseball is probably the best because like you said, a lot of time, if it's not towards you, I can just kind of stand out there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, the moral of the story here is no one besides professional athletes are should be anywhere near uh the court or the field or whatever it is, the rink when an actual professional yeah. game is happening. Yeah, yeah, it'd be bad. Uh, one of our listeners, Connor Calhoun, just said, "If any one of us would die if we took a ninety-five mile per hour fastball to the ribs, um, I agree with that. I yeah, agree that's with that. True. However, I don't know. Here's the question. Here's the question for you, Oscar. This is transformed now. If an MLB team came to you and said, we will pay you millions of dollars just to go up there and get hit <laughs> on a good amount of pl- on a good amount of at bats." Just get hit by yeah, those balls. I would do you it. Taking it, I would do it. 
because I would take the time to train and just stand in the batting cage and get <laughs> hit take by the balls. Hit. Just <laughs> like, like, uh, oh my God. What is that Adam Sandler movie? Where's the golfer? Happy Gilmore. Oh, uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, like when he's training oh. for hockey practice, he goes and stands in the batting cage. Oof. Yeah, that I mean, suck, millions man. of dollars, that's life-changing. Sure, I'd, yeah, I I'd, guess. Be, I'd be But think of the injuries the you're going to sustain. Your internal organs are just going to be mashed potatoes. Yeah. That's got to affect your life. At least my brain's okay, though. As long as you don't get hit in the face. Well, that's fair. All right, my question for you, <laughs> before we go down this long road, um... Mine is non-sports related. I was thinking because today I did a little something different on my lunch break. My question to you is companies typically, especially like of the white collar variety, give you about an hour at lunch. Yeah. And you're supposed to like take that and go do whatever. My question for you was, did you use that full hour to like, go eat or do something like read or whatever or are you like what do you do on that lunch break um so i'm a little bit weird my so my last job um required us to take the full hour we weren't allowed to take less um which i think a lot of people a lot of companies do now but for me when i it depends on who i'm working with like i've gone through periods of time where i've worked really closely with a lot of people that i'm like pretty close friends with in those situations, I went out to I went to lunch with them every single day. Not meaning like I would go out to lunch, but I'd eat lunch with them every day for the whole hour. All that's good stuff. But people get moved around, especially if you're working for like a company, stuff like that changes. And um, for a lot of months there, my move nowadays was always I would walk to a coffee shop, sit down. Uh, I was, you know. After a while, I like I knew the people that worked at this coffee shop, so I'd go sit, talk to them for a little bit, read a book, drink a coffee, eat a sandwich if I was hungry, maybe eat nothing if I'm not hungry. But that's kind of that's kind of my go-to move during the lunch period because an hour is a pretty good yeah, amount. I feel of time. like I've heard you talk about that before. Yeah, yeah. for sure. An hour is a, a good amount. A long time, and that's why I asked because typically especially like working from home, I'll make lunch and then just get on my computer, like either eat quickly or get on my computer and eat and work. Um, yeah. At work, typically like sit down and eat with my work friends, but that's usually like 20 minutes because someone's always mm-hmm. got a meeting. Today, I was like, I'm not that hungry yet. I'm going to go to the gym. So I went to the gym for like 30, 45 minutes and then came back and ate. And then the rest of the afternoon felt like it passed by so much quicker because I wasn't working through lunch. Um, so maybe I'll keep yeah. doing that, or at least capitalizing on a full, Might full be hour. Enough. Yeah. Pretty healthy. Pretty healthy. Yep. That's probably why they Was this, they your, was this your ploy just to tell hour. the viewers that you work out? Well, I, de- I told you this before the podcast. I've got a soccer game tonight. I have not been active for like at least a month, probably more than that. And so at lunch, I was like, should I go like run for a little bit? So I hit the treadmill, but right. No, I, I just wanted to know because people have different habits during the 
the work day. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it really depends on who, how close you are with your work associates. Like, I don't want to, if I don't, if I don't really like my work friends, I'm not going to eat with them every day. But if I do, if I have some friends, which I was lucky at my old job, I had a lot of people that I really enjoyed working with that were my age. Yeah. Let's go have lunch every day. Yeah. So let's hop, All let's right. hop into some, uh, some, some sports news. How about that? Um, yeah. As far as other sports go, nothing is as, as important as what's going on in the NFL right now, but we can talk about the NBA for a second. I, uh, yeah, if you want to, you just went, went to the Mavs game. I went night, to the Mavs so. game, um, last night. Uh, it was our, it was our buddy Connor's first NBA game of all time. Um, I think he had a really good time. It was a good game. Mavs lost to uh, to the Hockeys. To Connor's Hawks. Um, I uh, the game was good. It was not. Luca only put up like eight, six or eight points in the in the second half or something like that. So that was not great, but. Um, or, or in most of the second half. Still an exciting uh, very game. Very exciting game. DeJounte Murray played his butt off. He was the sure he was probably the best player out there last night. Um, and the Hawks won. Um, as far as the greater NBA, there's not a whole lot for me to talk about except until the trade deadline comes, and it's coming pretty soon. Um, yeah, it's February fifteenth. So hopefully, hopefully we start to see some trades coming in. That's that'll be exciting, and we'll get a better idea of for a couple of the a couple of these teams. That you know, we'll see. Uh, I'm always interested to see which teams think it's the right time to add that one last piece to the roster to to try and make a push for the championships and all that stuff. But um, I think there'll be a lot. I think the plan we've seen since the plan was implemented, a lot more teams are buyers at the trade deadline. Right. So I think you're right. I'll talk about the Spurs um, in a second, and that that plays to our advantage. Yes. In fact, actually, let's just get into the Spurs. They're still a bottom <coughs> bottom four team, um, luckily. Um, but, you know, Orlando's only two wins ahead of us. You know, so it's not it's not like we're in a super comfortable position where we are. Um, Oscar, you want to run us through just a couple of um, the players that we could trade before the trade deadline? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about them all. I think before we'll trade Josh Richardson and Doug McDermott almost 100% that at least one of them is not on the team in two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Um, but probably not for a whole lot. Jakob Pertl is the big name. I think we're still asking for, for two first-round picks, which is probably a little much, but it's good to start negotiations there. Um, other Spurs stuff I wanted to talk – oh, you go. You go. You have a thought there. I was just going to say on, on Pertl, this really is starting to feel like the Spurs keep him, we like him – Maybe he's young. He's not that old, you know. Yeah, he's only twenty-seven. He's the only really good. We've we've offered him the max that we can offer him, which is four for fifty-eight. Do not blame him at all for turning that down. He has said recently that 
he wants a contract in the range of $20 million a year, which is probably what he's worth, especially with um, labor negotiation about to ramp up. Guys are going to start making like $60 million. He has also said that he loves San Antonio, would love to spend the rest of his career there, but also values winning. And that caveat is like, he'll be an unrestricted free agent this summer. So that's the only thing holding me back from saying the Spurs are going to keep him. We love him because he could leave us for nothing. And then that hurts. So I think if the right offers on the table, the team probably takes it. Some other stuff that I wanted to talk about. I have my first article in like a month coming out tomorrow, which is fun. It's, it's talking about our rookies, namely me Sohan, but I did it in like a redraft sort of thing. Like if we were to redraft, would we take anyone different? Yeah. Um, did you have something you wanted to say there? And how do, uh, how do listeners find your, uh, find your article? Oh, thank you. Uh, find me on air Alamo, a Spurs, uh, branded fan sided account. Mm-hmm. And you post all those, you post the link on your Twitter and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to find. I'll, I'll retweet it, tweet it for sure. Um, other Spurs stuff. DeJounte Murray, speaking of him, went on Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes's podcast yesterday. And their podcast is known for being like controversial hot takes. It's called Hot Takes or some hottest takes. Yeah. And he basically, well, Steven Jackson notoriously does not like the Spurs organization because they chose Monty Ginobili over him. DeJounte also has some bad blood with the Spurs, obviously. And they had a lot of negative things to say (laughs) about San Antonio. So if you're a Spurs fan like Samurai and you want to get mad, you should listen to the article or listen to the interview because. (laughs) Listen to the interview and then go back to when DeJounte was on the Spurs and all things and look at what he said about them now. Yeah. Anyway, bit of a change. Yeah. Any other NBA stuff? I think it's so cool that the Kings are like gonna make the playoffs. Oh, they, yeah. they might have a home game. They might have. Uh, they might the have home field advantage in the first round of the playoffs. They've got the best victory celebration in the league. Yeah, the beam. They are a team that's like one piece away. If they landed like a B tier star. I could see them making the Western Conference Finals. Hmm. I mean, they're they're the four seed right now. Yeah. Kind of fun. Yeah, they're also the Kings. Yeah. But think about them with, like, OG Ananobi on them. Yeah. We'll see. Anyway. I would love that's. That's all my NBA stuff. I'm obviously, Spurs-focused. NFL, like you said, a lot more exciting. Talked about the Jags win. Uh, we're down to eight teams, four games this weekend. I think Sam and I talked before the podcast, the most exciting weekend that football has to offer. Oh, yeah. It's also um, the weekend that I start to dread the end of the football season. 
Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm like, man, this is almost over and that sucks. Like I've taken for granted that we got an extra week and all that stuff. And now it's coming to a close. Yeah. It's hard. It'll be back before we it know it sucks. though. Yeah. A couple months. Uh, the, so. the playoff picture, the Chiefs and Jags play Saturday midday. The Eagles and Giants play. The Bengals and Bills play. And the Cowboys and Niners. Those are the four games. All some, like, super intriguing matchups. Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. I, uh... I will refrain from talking about the Jags until we get to that part of the pod. But as far as like the other matchups go, like even the worst looking matchup, which I think is Eagles Giants, that's a good game. Yeah. That's a good you, game. I, I mean, anyone who watched um, the Giants game last week could tell you Dexter Lawrence just, I mean, he has another game like that. And actually gets to Jalen Hurts and stuff like that. I mean, who knows? Who knows? That guy is so good. I still fear that the Giants are just a tad fraudulent. I don't have a whole lot of faith in Daniel Jones. I have a lot more belief in them now than I did like five weeks ago. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, But that's a good game. Yeah, I think my one overall thought here is this is proof why building your defensive line with like high draft picks and maybe like one big contract is the way to go. Niners, Giants, the Giants have like four guys. The Jags, the Jags have so many talented guys. Arden Key's like the fourth or fifth best lineman. Dude. I I am in freaking love with Fatukasi. I love Fatukasi. Dude, he's he's, again, like the fourth or fifth what best lineman on the Jags. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bills have been so hurt since Von Miller went down. Proves that he was so valuable. Yep. Even the Bengals, Sam Hubbard had that like 90-yard fumble return. Cowboys I haven't talked about yet. Like every team left. The, the Chiefs have Chris Jones on the interior. It makes all the sense in the world to invest draft picks on defensive line. Yeah. I mean, defensive end and quarterback, those are the two, like, premium, like, like the best player in the draft at those two positions is usually a top three pick, usually. Yep. Um, And there's a reason for it. Yep. They win games. Sure do. Sure do. Uh Before we get into Jags, there were a couple coach firings. Some defensive coordinator stuff has happened, but I can't even tell you. Ed Donatel was the Vikings coordinator. He's on the hot seat. I don't think he's officially been fired yet, but... um, I assume he will. That defense has been so bad. It probably should be. Yeah, they just lost the Giants. Um, Greg Roman the Baltimore offensive coordinator and Joe Lombardi, the chargers offensive coordinator are probably like the two biggest names to be let go so far. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was about time for Greg Roman. I mean, 
if you've listened to this podcast this year, you know that we are both big fans of both of those move, moves. Yeah. Bring him some big new time. life. Both those Joe Lombardi, that was – Joe Lombardi, this was a piss-poor showing all year on that offense. So much talent. And failed to unlock any of it. And I forgot so, that when Anthony Lynn was their coordinator, Justin Herbert's rookie year – or he was their head coach. Yeah. Shane Steichen, now the Eagles offensive coordinator, was their offensive coordinator. Why didn't they keep him around? <laughs> he might be a head coach next year. I don't know. They got a new head coach, and head coaches like to bring in new people. So you probably thank Brandon Staley for that one. There's also there's also some stuff you said about Staley, like it, it's looking like at this point that they're going to keep him. Um, yeah, he is a defensive minded coach, and the things he does with that defense very impressive for the most part. Like he, he's really a very good defensive mind. It's worth it's worth noting. Look at the teams that are still around in the playoffs. How many of those head coaches are defensive minded? Oh, just the Bills, actually. Just the Bills. Oh well, yeah, the Bills. Just the Bills. Yep. I, I, you know, I. Oh, I think Nick Sirianni, I don't really know what. I, I think he was a defensive coordinator before, right? Not sure. I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I know, I know but, that the large majority of the coaches that are around are offensive coaches. As a Texans fan about to enter the – or. In full fledged in the coaching cycle, I am so rooting for an offensive leaning guy, and we'll talk about that later. The but. deal is, it's so much harder to play defense than it is to play offense. Yeah, so yeah. much harder. You can you can game Even plan you have, you can game plan all you want, but the defense, but the offense is going to have more plays to run than the defense is every time. And the yeah. offense, even if you have like the defensive of the millennium. It's really hard. Bill Belichick is like the only long-term successful defensive head coach in the modern NFL. Yeah, it just it. Yeah, so if you're in a position like the Texans, why you try don't try and go offensive, especially when you had the the last couple coaches you've had. <laughs> so, oh, anyway, do you want to uh, do we want to start with the Texans or do we want to start with the Jaguars? Yeah, I'll be I'll be quick because I feel like there's a lot more to say about the the Jags. All right, um, coaching. I mentioned it just a second ago. Ben Johnson was like the hottest name, and he recently agreed that he's going to stay in Detroit. They're giving him like a huge yeah. pay raise, and I I sort of bet that he was like the jobs aren't that great, and I'm still super young. I'd like to learn under. Uh, oh my God! Why can't I think of his name? The the Lions head coach. Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> I can see his face. Caps off. Yeah, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. I, I, maybe he's like I want to learn under Dan Campbell for at least another year. So he has yeah. declined. We talked last week about how D'Amico Ryan's had simply like said he was not interested in interviewing with the Texans. Well, he is going to interview with us this week. Yeah. He, 
he revoked that uh, statement, but he has also told the Panthers that he's not interested. So I don't know like what, what his like qualities he's looking for in his job are, but seems he's being a bit picky, which good for him. He should. It, and a lot of times you only get one shot, if, at especially he's black and a black head coach. You're given fewer opportunities. Um, D'Amico is the one defensive leaning guy that I am really okay with the Texans hiring. I think there are a couple other names that would be okay, but D'Amico is just like the franchise legend. Homecoming story. Pretty cool. Sean Payton is the big name in the carousel. And yeah, like two or three days ago, it came out that Mickey Loomis, the Saints general manager, is looking for a quote John Gruden style return, which was two first round picks and two second round picks. Well, Nick Casario came out this morning and said that he is willing to pay the price to get Sean Payton. <laughs> oh boy. You don't need first and second round picks. It's been going so well yeah, for we you since you haven't had those picks. Right. Well, we'll just trade all our first and seconds except for the second overall pick this year and draft Will Levis, and then we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Get Sean Payton his guy, his new Drew Brees. So obviously you can tell I'm I'm not super thrilled with the idea of sending out all of our picks for Sean Payton, especially since we just went a long period without those. Um, but I would bet that we make a higher next week, which is exciting, hopefully, or like really disappointing. It's got to happen soon. It, it, like it, it was really disappointing for the last two years in a row when we made hires. Um, oh, come on. I will say this this pool of interviews have been so much more fun. Way better. Um, and then the other only other thing we need to talk about, speaking of number two, the draft pick, not shit. <laughs> uh, sorry, that was really bad. Um, there's no significant push to move up to number one with Chicago at the moment. We're so far away from that. Yeah. But from all the teams that are sitting in the top 10-ish, there has not been a whole lot of, oh, the Colts really want to move up. In fact, they're the only team that's like showed any interest in that. And the reporting is that they are just as likely to take Will Levis or CJ Stroud as they are Bryce Young and maybe even more so one of those guys. Which means mm-hmm. maybe even after just the the week eighteen of a lifetime, you gonna say it? Are you gonna say it? There's a chance that Brian is still available at number two, and that would be awesome. But it's the Texans, so they'll find a way. They'll find a way. Oh, Oh boy! <laughs> to to my to my bad joke just a second ago, Mitch said that one just cost you a fan and left the <laughs> left the live. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, I'm the only one that has to stay here. Um, 
We yeah. still got Dalton and Wyatt in there. Something eventually has to go right for the Texans. I'm not I'm not putting my hopes out. So, you know. But speaking of things going right, yes. tell me about your Jags. I was hoping you'd ask. We won. We beat the Chargers 31-30 in one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history. Um, I... And I've been on cloud nine all week. I feel like I just got married and pregnant and had a baby and electrocuted all that stuff all at once. And you know what? I could not be happier. We outscored the chargers 31 to three um, to end that game. Sure did. It was 27 to zero at one point coming into the end of the first half and uh and then the wheels just fell off and Trevor Lawrence just took off and and we we should talk about him cuz man what a dude the coldest man in the league this past week by far down 27-0 four interceptions a couple of them not your fault but four interceptions comes out doesn't care doesn't doesn't care even a little bit and pulls out that comeback and looks fantastic. The rest of the game looks so, so, so good. So good. I mean, it's incredible. And us and the biggest thing is last week, I talked about it a lot about how the Jaguars were one of the hottest teams in the league. They, I, I, I will say I messed up the 49ers are in a 12 game win streak. So they are the hottest team in the league by far. Yeah, that's so. So Jaguars were not the hottest. We're not tied for hottest team in the league. They weren't. But what I was saying is true. That, and I'm. And this game has only made me more confident in the fact that the Jaguars are capable of beating any team on in any week. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that they should be favored. I'm not saying that it should even be close. I think it's an eight and a half point spread between the games and the and the Jaguars right now. But. The Jaguars are fully capable of beating the Chiefs. That's not outside of the realm of possibilities. That's not even that. That's not even a like absurdly far fetched concept anymore. If you can yeah. come back from twenty seven zero, you can beat a team. You can you can beat the Chiefs, who again, the last couple of weeks have looked bad. But I don't think there's a single person on the planet that that doesn't believe that Patrick Mahomes is going to come out and play his absolute best. So it's going to be extremely tough. Um, Doug Peterson had Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence collectively have the biggest balls on the planet though. Trevor Lawrence, that, that two point conversion play. Well, down four goes for two. Love it. Love it. Trevor Lawrence with his QB die with the QB sneak. Where he just he snapped it on and literally just reached over. Incredible. Incredible. Cost cost the Ravens the game later that day. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Tyler Huntley watched Trevor Lawrence succeed at that and, and said, I can do that too, but he's like six inches shorter. Listen, I I'm not I'm I'm trying not to be um I'm not. Tr- I'm trying not to let my judgment get clattered here. 
the City Chiefs are a much better football team than the Jaguars are. The quarterback is better. Still, still way better, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> the coaching, we definitely don't have a coaching advantage. Andy Reid is fantastic. I, I mean, they are for sure better, and it would take a lot for us to a lot of things to go our way for us to beat them. But I also want to say, we came back from 27-0, and the refs were against us almost all night. On four or five drive-extending-slash-killing plays, we got screwed. And we got away with one at the very end when Jawan Taylor was – he did have a false start that wasn't called. And it was the play that Joey Bosa got super mad at and he was talking after the game at, about at the refs and how they were how they screwed everything up and he he almost got kicked out of the game for it and all that stuff. But, we, but go back, they had a catch to Gerald Everett that extended a drive that was not clearly not a catch. They didn't check it at all. They had they had several plays that were that were drive that should have been drive killing plays. They had that that roughing the passer penalty on Trayvon Walker. Yeah. For for wrapping him up and then just letting him just like push like going like this and the quarterback fell over and they called it that extended drive and they and they scored they got a field goal off of that so or they got a touchdown off of that in the first half absurd stuff yeah. so <clears throat> they beat the Chargers they came back on the Char- Chargers and they beat the refs that's big time and. I listen. I think it's within the realm of possibility for us to beat the Chiefs. I really do. Also, let's talk about the fourth down. The the fourth down to ice the game play. Travis, where he hand off yeah. Travis Etienne, tell Asante Samuel, who had gotten three picks and was talking all that shit all game. Tell Asante Samuel, okay, step up and tackle this guy, and you guys have a chance to win this game. But if you miss this tackle, we yeah, win, and he, and he couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah, that flame. I loved that. I loved that. So, yeah, it's nuts. The the tale of two halves that two very related players, Sherman Lawrence and Asante Sam, Samuel, had because Tila threw three picks to Asante Samuel, looked like a bad quarterback in the first half. Meanwhile, Asante Samuel, yeah. I think three picks in a half has only happened like a couple of times ever and maybe never in the playoffs. Yeah. And then he and could not make a tackle in the second half, like over. Purely over to over. take away from him, because he was talking so much trash. Several of those picks were pretty damn easy. <laughs> that second pick, especially, that was the, the uh, um, who was it? I think it was Marvin Jones. It was either Marvin or Zay Jones. Um, turned out instead of doing a curl route back. And it just went straight to him because yeah. the receiver wasn't there. Yeah. Well, the better player won. So Asante Senyo can enjoy his, his enjoy his early vacation. <laughs> I love Sam is just not this fan at all. And and it comes to like crunch time playoffs and just becomes like a <laughs> <laughs> I become a different person. I just uh like a meathead crossed with the energizer bunny. Just, yeah, I just oh man, you should have so seen me on Sunday it. or on Saturday, man. It. it was well, it was absurd. Um, hopefully, you see it again this Saturday. I'm listen. oh, I'm ready for it. 
the Jaguars aren't going to be able to come back like they like in, in any capacity on the Chiefs. No. So they need to score no. early. We can't have three picks. We can't even have a pick at the beginning. Really. We need to stay we need to stay with them or have a lead. That's and that seems so obvious to say we need a lead to be the Chiefs, but we need to jump out fast. We need to come out come out the gate playing for keeps if we're gonna beat them. Hypothetically speaking, you should probably also try and keep your foot on the gas against them. Hype, purely hypothetically. You you don't want them coming back yeah. from like a three plus touchdown lead on you. No, and I think I, I trust that. Doug. I, I trust that Doug knows that. Um, most importantly, for the the Jaguars' sake, they went to Waffle House after the comeback. They did. They did get. They did get a Waffle House. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Everyone who listens to this knows. You know. Trevor Lawrence does not have a bigger non-Jags fan fan than me. Like, I love the guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The question always was about his, like, ability to energize and, like, really take – like, be the, be the leader in a situation like that, which is, roughly speaking, the question with Justin Herbert. And – and Saturday Absolutely. was probably not a great showing for that. But just from that Saturday coming back and winning in that situation, and then his personality after the game, like it was like he waited until he had proof of concept in his career. And then just like the videos of him at the Waffle House, the videos of him interacting with teammates after the game, the the sit down interview he did with reporters this week where he talked about like everything he was feeling during the comeback and then a bunch of a bunch of questions about Waffle House he has just like jumped another couple levels for me in terms of like he is that guy I love it I love it I and listen I'm a Cowboys fan too I am <laughs> But this team is so much more lovable than they are. <laughs> they really are. The Cowboys are good. The yeah. Cowboys are probably a better team. But the Jazz, there's something about team. the Jaguars that are just... Uh, they fun. All right. Uh, Two clips this week made me actually shed a tear. And normally... Yeah. I mean, I'm an emotional guy through and through. But normally football stuff doesn't really, like get me that way unless it's like when people reacted after the DeMar Hamlin thing like that definitely brought a tear to my eye but two clips this week number one CeeDee Lamb talking to Brett Maher after his third missed point Brett Maher is walking to the sideline and there were several videos of his teammates like reacting Dak included reacting like awfully obviously three missed extra points is, and he had a fourth so hard to do walking to yep. the sideline and see these like, Hey man, we we're still with you. We love you. I'm with you. I love you. You have pulled our ass out of situations before you got it. And man, that shit is awesome. The other one. And I forget what 
the the defensive lineman on the Jags who's got a hyphenated last name. Roy Robertson Harris. Uh, Roy Robertson Harris. After Trevor's fourth pick. Yeah. Before the offense is about to walk onto the field again, Roy Robertson Harris grabs Trevor and is like, hey, we're still playing for you. We got you. We're still fighting. Go out there and win us this game. You got this. And both of those things, and mm-hmm. like you said, the Jags have – it seems like the Jags have had this more consistently throughout the season. But that just shows, like, these teams have what it takes. The, the culture's there. I love football, man. Ah, me too, man. Me too. All right. Team Draft Tracker. Bit of a comeback this week. Bit of a comeback this Damn week. Damn it. Uh, he is currently 15 points ahead of me. Um, I have five teams left in the playoffs. I have the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Cowboys, and the Jaguars. Oscar has three left. He has the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Giants. And um, it's a it's a bit of a race right now. It's a bit of a race right yeah, now. Yeah, so Sam has the whole AFC. So he has way more of a point possibility probably at this point than I do. Yeah. It really, we talked about this pre-podcast. It really depends on how the Cowboys do this week because if they lose, then I have the NFC locked up. If they win, then I probably lost. So I'm, I'm still going for the Cowboys though. I got to be honest. Let's go, boys. Let's for go multiple boys. reasons. Yeah. It was looking – this is good, though, because it was looking for a while there like this was not going to be very close. It's only yeah. right that it gets close at the end. Kept saying only matters come playoff <laughs> time. I kept saying it, and I probably jinxed myself. But so I said I'm rooting for the Cowboys for multiple reasons. I'm also rooting for the Giants this weekend because the Texans probably two top interview candidates – are Shane Steichen and D'Amico Ryans. And if their teams lose, we could hire them next week. So let's go non-Eagles NFC East teams. Woo! Let's do it. Um, All right, let's do some game strip pickups. I will take the first game. Um. First game is Jacksonville versus Kansas City. Jacksonville at Kansas City. Kansas City minus eight and a half. I'm going to take the Jaguars because I am a homer and um, a little piece of shit. So as you should, baby. I'll take the eight Jags. and a half is a big line. I get it. It's in Arrowhead. It should be like six. It's. I mean, it is the Chiefs. So it should be like six. And for the comeback that we pulled off, we did start off that game down 27 zero. So it doesn't not make yeah. sense. Yeah. All right. Next game, Giants Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are favored by seven and a half. It is in Philly. 
I want to say that I think the Giants can win that game, but I'm picking the Eagles here. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. The um, only, I think the only hope for the Giants is that Jalen Hurts hasn't played in five weeks, and maybe he comes out a little rusty, which could happen. The Giants have a good defense. For The hope is that he plays like he did last year in the playoffs. Yeah. Because he did not play well in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Um, all right, Cincinnati at Buffalo. This is the this is the controversial game of the week. Should it be on a neutral site or not? Who knows? But it's in Buffalo. Buffalo minus five and a half. I am going to take Cincinnati. Damn yeah, it! I'm going to take Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati to make the. <laughs> That's AFC the right pick. I do too. Their their offensive line injuries scare me. That's tough. Very very tough. But Joe Burrow, man. Josh Allen, preseason. They did almost lose to the, uh, the Dolphins. The Ravens. Oh, well, both teams almost lost. Yeah. That I means since he was about as close as you can get to losing yeah. to the Ravens. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think the Ravens' defense is better than the Bills, probably. I agree. As it stands right um, now, I agree. My other thought was going to be Josh Allen preseason. I was like, he is pushing Mahomes. Mahomes still number one. Josh Allen is the clear number two. There is no one close to him. That was my take preseason. Now I'm not anywhere close to that. I think Joe Burrow may have leapfrogged him in in terms of quarterbacks I have more trust in. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the deal with Josh Allen has always been there's going to be a ton of risk involved with having Josh Allen as your quarterback. And some, and a lot of times it works out, a lot of times it doesn't. And, um, you know, that's going to come with a lot of volatility as far as winning games and, and stuff like that. And you saw it in, against Miami, a ton of volatility. You know, Allen was not playing like the guy, like the double-digit favorite at all, um, which – he doesn't have that mode in him. Like he's not going to change. This is who he is. And he's really, really good. It's just, it's dangerous. Um, all right. Last game of the week, Dallas at San Francisco, San Francisco minus four. I'm going to take Dallas. Whoa. You picking two games in a row. Oh shit. <laughs> you forget. I said that. I don't want Dallas. I'm taking the Cowboys. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I actually think that the Niners are going to win, but that's that's putting a lot of trust in Brock Purdy, and he's not good. Mark my words, man. Mark my words right now on the record. This is the game that Brock Purdy falls apart. And everyone it, realizes, it's okay, been coming. yes, this is a rookie who was, undra- who was almost undrafted for a reason, and he played great. And that's great, but he is not that good. Go back and watch that game. He put up fantastic numbers last week. Tell me how much of that was his because of him. Almost zero. He should have had like three or four picks. Yeah. Did you see? Absolutely. Did you see on? I forget what show this is. I don't know who those people are. So, but they were doing a tale of the tape in quotes. Dak Prescott versus Brock Purdy, and they ranked them on five metrics, poise, accuracy, arm strength, mobility, and decision-making. 
how many of those categories do you think Brock Purdy won? Based on what you're saying, I'm going to say four. He won three. The only two they gave to Dak were arm strength and mobility, which sort of weird to give the the physical traits to the black quarterback and the the mental traits to the white quarterback, especially considering Dak is probably the other three things more than he is on strength or mobility. I mean, what what were the other three? Poise and what? Poise, accuracy, and decision-making. Go back and watch our game last week. Tell me Dak. Also, Brock Purdy is probably more mobile than Dak at this point. (laughs) It's it's right there. Yeah. yeah, it's just ridiculous. Brock Purdy's getting all the whole the whole football community is is all over Brock Purdy, and he's just not good. Yeah, um, Texans bias creeping back in here. I really hope that they end up being like, oh, Brock Purdy could be the guy, because then the Texans don't have to draft a quarterback and can trade a third round pick for Trey Lance. Could be cool. That'd be cool. All right, Oscar. Last part. Let's update our AFC NFC championships and champion league. Has anything changed? I don't even remember who I said for what. I said Bengals, Chiefs, Niners, Eagles, and I think I'm still there. I think I said Bengals, Chiefs, um, Cowboys, Cowboys, Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. And I think I'm still there as well. Um, oh, put faith in your Jags. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But I think I'm still there, and I'm going to say my championship is the Cowboys and the Chiefs. And the Chiefs. And win. who wins that game? The Chiefs win that game. Uh, That's my guess. Okay. Okay. Uh, I still think the Chiefs beat the Niners. I, I said that mm. last week. Also. Man, if Brock Purdy is in a freaking Super Bowl, then Cowboys has. We keep, just we keep talking about this. Jimmy G outside of San Francisco, not that good. They made the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship with him in two different years. Brock Purdy probably. Brock Purdy making it this far. It just proves we had that argument earlier this season. I'm probably taking the, the Kyle Shanahan quarterback like eighth in a draft of quarterbacks. Mm. Absurd. He's nuts. Absurd. I, I'm, saying, I'm telling you right now, Brock Purdy comes down there this week, though. Yeah, he, he, he deserves to. It's going to happen at some point. He's been really lucky for nine straight weeks or however many starts he has now. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we got. Yeah. You got any closing thoughts here before I thank our listeners? Not really. Not really, man. I just, uh, just enjoy the, enjoy football while we have it guys. Cause in a couple of weeks it will be gone. Stop it. going to make me sad again. We'll have to watch basketball instead basketball is getting good though i'll, yeah. I'll say it yeah it's, it's about to get hot i just love sports they time it out so well every every season there's a, there's a sport on um 
thank you to Mitch for coming back in here and listening after my awful joke. Thank you, Sammy, for being a great host. Better than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you to Brock Purdy for for leading lots of discussions in media this week when you have no right to be there, yeah. but the seventh round hero. And thank you to all of our listeners, as always, for coming in and hating yourselves with us. We will see you next week.